Coming up next, part three, The Hobbit. Everybody. Welcome to The Hobbit. It's me, your friend, Nathan. <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? Hey, it's also me, your friend, Brandon. <laughs> Jake. Hey, hey, it's also me. Let's meet. We're all friends. We're all friends. The best of friends. Everyone best of friends. is the best friend. Brandon friends he is our friend. Friends. Jake's a friend. Nathan's a friend. Everyone is your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome to the friend. Welcome to the friend. <laughs> My name is Nathan. I'm your friend. And <laughs> you know what we could call this? What? Friends. Hey. That's I a bet- great name for a show. I don't yeah. think anybody's ever done that before. No one's ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know who weren't friends? Who? That Bilbo and those dwarves towards the end of this book? No. Things were fun. No. Things were Oh, my goodness. Fun. Okay, guys. I'm already, uh, my brain is already on Frodo Fire? Salmon Gollum. Frodo Salmon Gollum? Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. We're, we're gone, man. This, this episode ain't happening. No, no, no. This is happening, guys. Listen. Yeah. Listen. Listen. This is part three of The Hobbit. My name is Nathan and host. Brandon. The road has gone ever on and on, and I'm way past the hobbits. Scholar. I followed those lights into the dark woods. I'll follow you into I got captured by woods. some spiders. I'm dead. <laughs> All right, guys. Brandon. <laughs> you weren't there to save me, Nathan. Let's get the train on the rails, guys. You know me. I don't like to joke around too much. Nope. At the top of the episode. You do not. So, my name's Nathan. I'm your humble and obedient host. <laughs> That's Brandon. He's a scholar. He's a baller. I am. That's Jake. He's the pastor who's a master. And this yep. is our third time talking about The Hobbit. Last time, we talked about racism. It's a, been a long day, and this is a long night, but we are uh, dedicated to bringing you The Hobbit that you deserve. And you're, you're a piece of Hobbit crap. You, you, did this, <laughs> you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. You're the one who pressed play. Yeah. We didn't make you press play. Yeah. Let's talk about The Hobbit. Let's talk about Out of the Frying Pan... Into the fire, the next chapter. Because we already talked about all those other chapters, did we? Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to talk about this one. Oh man! So, in this chapter, they go out of the frying pan <laughs> and they go into the fire. You know what? I'm 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 going. This might be a stir crazy episode. It's been a long day. We already recorded one pretty normal booking episode, but I'm just going with it. If this episode is crazy, this is the episode you're getting, folks. This is what you get. So. Hobbit Part 3, Frying Pan. How'd you feel about that? Fry, out of the frying pan, into the fire chapter, fellas. Wargs chase him into trees, and oh, right. Azog the Defiler comes. Uh, <laughs> Is he in that chapter? Yeah. <laughs> there's like a fight on the burning tree. Yeah, right? there's a fight on a burning tree. Thorin charges Azog the Defiler and yeah. uh, gets thoroughly beaten up, and then Bilbo saves him. Yeah. And then Thorin's like, remember when I told you you were the worst, and you'd be the bane of this company, and 
you smell bad and shouldn't be here, you idiot. And the music is like, bum, bum, bum. Then he says, I was never so wrong. And they hug. And the music goes, da, da, da. Oh. Because I think Thorne was having a stroke at that point. (laughs) (laughs) So he said it in the dumbest way possible. (laughs) In a way that a human being would never say it. Did he really say you smell bad? (laughs) No, he didn't say you smell bad, but. (laughs) Might as well. Like, why? (laughs) Nobody ever talks like that except for in a bad sitcom and The Hobbit. And a Christmas Carol. And a Christmas. Did somebody do it in a Christmas Carol? Yeah, but Scrooge is doing it on purpose there, Jake. I submit to you Scrooge is doing it on purpose. I submit to you that they mean for these other people to do it on purpose, too. So Thorin, after Bilbo saved him, wanted him to feel like total crap <laughs> for a few seconds before turning it around on him. It, well, that's what Scrooge wanted to do with Marley. Yeah. Or not Marley, uh, Cratchit. <laughs> yeah, lump of underdone potato. <laughs> I've never been so wrong. <laughs> So they climb up those trees. There's no Azog the Defiler. That's no, just a little there. joke. The goblins chase him, and the eagles save him. That's right. How do you guys feel about that chapter? Eagles. <laughs> eagles. Are you guys annoyed by the eagles ex machina? They're like a deus ex machina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One step ahead of you, Brandon. Man, you got there before I did, Nathan. Yeah. They're not just like, in my opinion, they're not just like a deus ex machina. They They are. be a deus ex machina. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, know. Trump. <laughs> they be Deus Ex Machina. Huge. I just wish he had thought to use them in the Lord of the Rings, and those books would have been a few hundred pages shorter. Oh, boo! He gave reasons somewhere. Whatever his name is, King Beak Feather. They're a proud race, and he doesn't just he doesn't just provide a taxi service for anybody. Brandon, that's right. He only does it when a wizard asks him. Why didn't yeah. Gandalf ask him? <clears throat> I don't know. I think that if the eagles flew into flew Frodo into Mordor, then they would have been attacked front on by Sauron in the Nazgul. Yeah. They needed to sneak their way in. One does not simply fly into Mordor to use the meme. Yeah. Ah, good job. We're done with that chapter. There's nothing else to talk about. I don't think that there's much to talk about except for the fact that Tolkien does like to rely on Deus Ex Machina, and yet I don't think anybody cares or minds or... It fits the tone of the story. Some people care in mind. I mean, is this the last Deus Ex Machina, actually? Because we're going to get to Bjorn, and then we're going to get to Mirkwood. Like, from here on out, Bilbo's just going to save the day, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's the last one in this one. The last one. I guess there's the final Deus Ex Machina in the Battle of Five Armies. Yeah. Which, by the way, humans, dwarves, people. Yep. Nazis. Nazis. And wargs. Is that the fifth one? South Koreans. Wargs, yes. So the eagles don't count as an army? It could be humans, elves, dwarves, bad guys, and eagles. You're trying to figure this out? Like, what are the five armies? Yeah. I've never actually known. Does he actually say? No. He might. I don't think he does. I'm trying to find this out for you. Yeah. This article lists six combatants. With wargs and orcs divided out, I take it. Well, but no. Yeah. So it lists six combatants, but then it... Basically gives you the orcs and the wargs versus the men of Dale, the elves, and the dwarves. And leaves the eagles out of the equation. Okay. But but then it also does list the combatants being Iron Hills, the Woodland Realm, Lake Town, and the eagles versus the Misty Mountains and the Grey Mountains. Well, there you go. Which one do you guys prefer? Uh. Well, since the one division 
chose six parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's five not, armies. That's not good. I'm going to go with one that's five armies. So that just the five army version just leaves the eagles out. Yeah, seems to. I guess I just don't really think of the wargs as being sentient, but maybe they are. You have the orcs. Well, yeah. you. I mean, I guess you could also the elves, yeah. the dwarves, the eagles. And technically, you have two contingents of dwarves. How many? If if we wanted to say the most amount of armies. Okay. Let's see. You have Bilbo, who's a hobbit. You have a hobbit. You have dwarves. Dwarves. Then you have the other dwarves. Other dwarves. Then you have Lake Town men. Lake Town men. Then you have the Mirkwood, Mirkwood elves. Mirkwood elves. Bear man. Bear man. Yeah, he's there. Bear man. Wizards. Yeah. Then you've got the eagles. That's, we're up to eight. Can we? And then you've got the wargs and the orcs. The orcs. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. So you got ten. The ogres. Are there ogres? Ogres. Aslan makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. I remember that. No, sorry, there are goblins. As distinct from orcs? Or are goblins orcs? and orcs are distinct. There you go. That puts um, it on And then you've got bats. Oh, 12. Vampires. <laughs> Children of the night. What music? 12 armies. There you go. Wow. Should have been called the Battle of 12 Armies. Or the Baker's Dozen Battle. It, it probably should have been called the Baker's Bulg Dozen Battle. who succeeded Azog. Wait a second. This is sounding like the Hobbit movie. No. It's not. Huh. Azog the Defiler was... He's from the appendices. <sighs> you guys remember that part where Bolg is fighting, what's his face? Orlando Bloom. And he stabs him in the head and then knocks him off a bridge. Remember that part in the Necromancer's castle where the bridge is falling apart? And that Legolas guy somehow defies gravity by climbing up the falling stones? I do remember that part. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about queer lodgings. Yeah, let's do it. What do you guys think about that Bjorn fella? It's a great passage. Yeah, why? It's fun. Prove it. Prove it? Yeah. Well, it's got some of that otherworldly weirdness that would really mark and be a characteristic of the Lord of the Rings, but it also has some of the lighthearted, so you have the bees and the flowers and the just the feasting and the gaiety of everything that's happening but then you also have the very solemn beowulfian tone of the uh, feast itself and of the keeper of the house and all that so it has this um it's kind of disjarring because it has the sort of old world hall feel of beowulf mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that's what he's drawing from directly there and then but in some of the strange ancient feel that he gets out of the elves as well that there's this depth of history to this place and that this is this is a bigger world than Bilbo could have ever imagined. And yet he also has that charm and lightness that marks the Hobbit as well. So it's kind of a nice touch. You see both of those things here. It's got some of that old world brutality too. I remember as a kid being pretty, uh, not taken with, but just, it was, it was very, I don't know how to say this. It was noticeable. It stood out to me that he captured an orc and a warg and tortured them for for information and then their head was on a pike and Bjorn didn't play by any fair rules by like any uh hero I was used to. Maybe kids today have so many anti-heroes and things in Marvel movies where people make tough choices and stuff like that that they're not they compromise their principles. Yeah, they're not that are not impressed by something like that, but at least <sighs> the way I grew up, you know, it was a different time, different place. I thought it was pretty impressive that there'd be a guy on the side of the good guys that was that indiscriminate in his... And dangerous. And dangerous, yeah. Yeah. And might just kill our heroes. Yeah. He wasn't. There's always that feel that it's a possibility. Yeah. 
But yeah, you have that, but then you also have the way they show up, for example, mm-hmm. the, just the kind of com- comic relief that's happening throughout as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun little and also not so fun little chapter. Yeah. It's a weird mixture of all the feelings. So, I mean, The Hobbit is kind of a, a disjarring experience. I think for a child where it gives you these elements that are very much like Norse and mythology and Beowulf and, but also mixed in with the sort of fairy tale humor and cleverness. So yeah. And this chapter is putting it all out there. The, the only other chapters that kind of match that will be the ones with the wood elves. Mm-hmm. So with the same sort of feel to it. Well, let's get to the chapter about the wood elves, yeah. flies and spiders. Chapter eight. Bilbo gets to come into his own. He does, by killing something. It's a little bit... First to, kill. First kill. Yeah. It's kind of a, a male kind of a... Rite of passage. Rite of passage. Uh, kind of some toxic masculinity going on there, isn't yeah. it, Jake? Like, just because you kill something shouldn't really increase your value or confidence. You ought to be able to have value and confidence in this world without having killed a giant spider. Hmm. That's how we got our masculinity. By killing a giant spider? Yeah. The three of us, remember? That's true. We were actually women. Yeah. <laughs> and we killed a spider and we tra- were transformed into men. Yeah. It was a magical story. It was, so literally, it was literally how we got our masculinity yeah. and we met doing it. Yeah. Three girls oh. on a journey to kill a spider that would transform us into men. Mm. <laughs> that old tale, that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. That was before Miss McGillicuddy and the ice cream. Oh, right. And Jake's hips telling lies yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Complicated storyline. Complicated storyline. One day somebody can tell the story and get it all straight. Hey, back in like booking Mach 1, Jake was already getting shot by Brandon and going yeah. undercover to get Jane Austen's shin bone or something like that. And beat Mark Twain over the head with it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The whole Jungle Book explosion. Yeah, we died. Remember that? It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was something else. Yeah. yeah. And our friend, the mysterious phantom, he hasn't shown up for a while. I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> I have a feeling, Brandon, that we'll be hearing from him oh, no. very soon. Oh, no. um, I just have that sense. He made an appearance recently on another podcast in the last two months. He did. Should we tell people or should we just let them? They should just listen you know, to all our an, podcasts. It's kind of an Easter egg. Yeah. It was monumental. <laughs> <laughs> It's my grandmother, actually. (laughs) Jake's grandma is, in fact, the mysterious phantom. Unmasked. Yep. What is it about woods that's so cool and creepy, guys? They're cool and creepy. I know, but why? Because anything could be in there. Yeah. Why? Because our imagination fills the dark spaces between the trees with all sorts of possibilities of both magic and danger. That explains it. You have the tall trees, and so at any moment, the trees can be friendly. Or the trees can be dangerous. The trees can have heavy, thick foliage that lets the sunlight through, and so it's nice and cool and magical with soft grass beneath your feet and a stream. Or the trees can be thick and heavy and dark, full of vines and spider webs, so the forest itself can be this strange, shifting thing that you just never know what it's going to be at any moment. And the leaves shake with the wind, and they feel like they're alive, and you find out in The Lord of the Rings they are alive. And so, yeah, it's just full of all that strange... Well, for one, it's what Tolkien's really good at, at getting that strange otherworldliness of our own world, where it feels... So there's a little state park near here, Leonard Springs State Park, that if you walk far enough down, come to this area where these really tall pines mm-hmm. or these really tall trees. I don't know if they're pines, but if you're walking when the wind's really high, you know, they'll blow back and forth and you can hear them creaking and talking to one another is what it seems like. And so mm-hmm. it's that just that strange isolation you can feel when you're 
out in nature. Yeah, it's eerie. Have you guys ever actually gotten lost in the woods? No. No. Oh, well. <laughs> Dummy me. <laughs> We're regular get, Boy Scouts over here. Oh, we used to live the north church. of town. What's that? <laughs> church woods. Yeah, <laughs> on the way from church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we used to live north of town, and there was this big woods that you could walk to Lake Griffey. The terrifying thing about getting lost in the woods is in Indiana is that you're lost in the woods in Indiana. And then you think about all the stories of people who wander off the beaten path in America, in civilized states, and die. I had a be, friend that happened to. He wandered off the beaten path and she, died? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awful. Can you look her up? Kate McGrail. McGrail? McGrail. M-C-G-R-A-Y-E-L. How do they think she died? Exposure. Yeah, here it is. Kate McGrail's death. She was missing for a long time. People thought that she ran away or maybe she was abducted or any number of things. And I mean, I was friends with her on Facebook and like every year on her birthday, my Facebook would be flooded with, hope you're okay, come home, let somebody know if you're out there, that sort of thing. And then one day they found her body out in the woods. Were you pretty good friends with her? Yeah, she was dating a friend of mine, actually a friend of mine from Evansville who lives in Evansville still stuff. I had that, um, my best friend growing up, who was my best friend from like 12 to more, no, more like 10 to 15 or so. He went and he got a engineering job and then got a, his private plane license. And then his engine went out while he was flying to see his fiance over Colorado. He crashed and died a few years ago. Strange when those sorts of things happen. Sorry that you guys' friends died. Yeah, me too. Anyhow, I, I think the the fact is Kate wasn't found far from her house. Right. She'd been missing for three or four years. She was found like within a mile of her backyard. That's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. The woods are scary like that. Things can happen. Things get confusing. Things get backwards. You're a mile from safety in one direction and you're a mile from death in another direction. And, you know, you just don't, if you're truly lost you don't you don't know like the highway could be just up ahead or you could be going deeper and deeper into into the wilderness into into darkness you know trees can start to look the same things aren't familiar and then there's also you don't know what's out there you know we have bobcats and we have bears not many bears anymore but we still have them you take those unknowns and you know just because we've cataloged a whole bunch of woodland creatures and animals doesn't make the reality of them less frightening. But if you go back to a time when they weren't cataloged and photographed and on planet earth and whatever other documentaries, it's just that much more scary and weird. Well, that's the thing. We think that because we've cataloged it all, we've somehow tamed it all. Yeah. It's one of the great mysteries to me that people are like, can you believe that people believed in sea monsters? It's like, have you seen a great white shark? Of course people believed in sea monsters. It would be dumber of them not to believe in sea monsters. What would you call a great white shark if you encountered it in real life? Exactly. Please tell me what you would call that and how you would describe it to people. Please tell me what you would call a humpback whale if you saw it. Like, what, what is a sea monster if it's not something that's like five buses long that breaches the water? And has the power to destroy the teeny tiny little boat you're in. Mm. And, you know, the woods are full of scary creatures like that. Mm-hmm. And Tolkien taps into that and he gives us a kind of scary creature that we've not seen. 
the giant spider, but mm-hmm. it represents, you know, that. That scary unknown that's scary, out there. Scary, mysterious unknown. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people don't realize too, have you guys ever seen pictures or read about what Sherwood Forest was like? Because like no. the big forests in England that Tolkien likely would have been thinking about, like Sherwood Forest, like the reason all the folklore sprung up about Robin Hood being able to hide in there is because it would have been like a thick, oppressive jungle. It would have, wouldn't have been like a nice little nature preserve. Like I think it, we in Indiana, at least kind of, or I do think of woods with mm-hmm. spaced out trees that you can basically walk behind and usually a, a path, you know, if you're me, it would have been like the kind of thing that you could actually just get stuck in, you know, it would have been like huh. things that you had to climb over. It would have been giant hundreds of years old trees. Well, and there and still vines. are all kinds of, I mean, the other part of woods in Indiana are sinkholes, caves, mm-hmm. caverns, steep grades. Right. So even if it's not thick like that, like you get down into a little gully or a sinkhole, you fall into a, you know, a cave, mm-hmm. which can happen, which, I mean, Brandon, you're buying a house that has a big cave entrance That's that right. you can yeah. fall into. Like, and you're going to have to be careful about your kids. Yep. And Brandon knows that. That's just normal. Imagine the first person here. walking in that mm-hmm. area, you know, a couple hundred years ago before it was mapped out. It's scary stuff. I think you actually have to take it. It's, it's one place where it pays to take a minute and put yourself in, in Mirkwood Forest because it ain't just like your little woods behind your, you know, your grandma's house or whatever it is. However you picture woods, like we're talking about a big primeval kind of a place. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry about your friend. Yeah, me too. That's a sad story. We move on to barrels out of bond. Yes. Guys, any deep thoughts about barrels out of bond? I like the part where Bomber is all fat and he crushes all the orcs and <laughs> then like pops out of the barrel and spins around with his axes and that's kills pretty all funny. those CGI yeah, that's a orcs. Great part. Yeah. Barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> Surprised they didn't make that joke. <laughs> they really should have. They missed a. Yeah, they, they missed us. They missed a, missed a real. Fo- uh, what's that? What was that thing? Star Fox. Star Fox reference there. One of my favorite moments of this sort of weird otherworldliness we've been talking about is the lights that are off the trail mm. as they're walking. Yeah. Tolkien, the way Tolkien describes it, it was always just. It's really creepy. creepy. It's very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever had that happen, like so. We were fishing one night a long time ago, and I remember there were being lights that kept shining on and off on the other side of the lake across from where we were. And just seeing that and not knowing who it is or what they're doing or why they're doing it, it's just strange at night to have these lights because it's a sign of there's life, there's something out there, but I have no idea who it is or what they want or what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? And then to have it be the this little dance that you're wandering into as well. Um, yeah, it's like a dream. It's, it's, it's very, like, Yeah, it's like a surrealist dream. It's very creepy. And uh, yeah, they end up getting captured by these strange elves that are nothing like the elves that from Lord of the Rings. So I'm I'm remembering these sleepovers that we would have in the woods outside my house. And one of our neighbors had like I don't remember what it was. I want to say it was a sheep that could, in distress, make a sound that sounded exactly like a human female screaming her lungs out. It wasn't a sheep; it was a horse <sighs> or a some farm animal that can make a very human sounding cry and cats do that. Yeah. It wasn't a cat in this goat. Like one of the screaming goats. Yeah. It was probably a goat actually. Now that you mention it, but 
or maybe we were just even in the backyard with the house behind us, but just laying on the trampoline after dark, but suddenly this scream comes and you're just terrified. <laughs> like it just, uh, that eerie feeling of something being out yeah. there and not knowing what it was. So we had a, I've mentioned her before, we had an Indian foreign, what do they call them? They are Native American. Yeah, Native mm-hmm. Americans, that's what yeah. they call them. An Indian foreign. No. <laughs> yeah. Foreign exchange student from it India. Wasn't, it wasn't a, she wasn't a foreign exchange student, though. She was like oh, the, she wasn't? She was a, an international student. International student. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brain is fried from today, yeah. guys. We had an international student who came, and she became close to our family, and so we were at her house one night, her apartment near TCU, and in Fort Worth, they have these big concrete drainage ditches, mm. you know? They, like, crisscross the city, and there was this... One ran behind her house and then ran into the distance and there was like some that crisscrossed this way and then some went that way with a bridge that crossed over it. And at night you had the fog around and it was really dark um, down in inside the ditches off in the distance. And my dad and I were outside standing there and it was twilight. And then we heard distinctly way down echoing through these like valleys of these ditches. They look like the trenches from World War One. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a distinct female voice saying, help me, help me. And then it just stopped. And it was, it was very eerie because my, you know, my dad, he walked down the, he was, he started calling, hello, hello, who's there? Nobody ever answered. He could never figure, we could never figure out if it was just somebody playing around or what it was, but it was very strange. Anyways, but just, it escalates when it's at night or at twilight like that, where everything already feels weird anyways. Yeah. And so. on just that zero to 10 change of, I was feeling fine and now the hairs on the neck are are up and just that weird uncanny year yeah. feeling. And so yep. yeah, the uncanny. Yeah. And Tolkien captures that perfectly with this strange little scene. That's yeah, really great. It's hard to kind of make it mesh with Lord of the Rings though. I'm so used to thinking of the elves as noble and not wild and creepy. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they you know, even Galadriel in all of her weird almost demonic power has a dark side um, which peter jackson played up in the silliest way possible but i guess they have dark sides i think these are wild i don't know maybe we'll end up reading the similarian and we'll find out all about this i think mirkwood elves are not a good bloodline i think that they're degenerated somehow i thought that they just ended up taking on the character of the forest that they that could be too i thought i mean that's the way that i thought the lord of the rings made it sound and the necromancer had been hanging in Mirkwood and corrupted the forest and that could the be elves followed yeah uh, what do you guys think about the section of Bilbo sneaking around and all the barrels and it's great it's fun yeah. I think that's a really fun section for kids because it's it has that feeling of being in school after dark or what I actually th- out think out of bed while your parents are having people over yeah exactly sneaking behind the couch while your parents are watching a movie that you're not supposed to be watching and, you know, hearing a little bit of it or something like that. Or the feeling that it most evoked in me was actually the feeling of being a little bit older and being on uh, university camp, various university campuses after dark and going into buildings where I probably wasn't allowed. <laughs> Why were you doing this? I don't know. I'm sure you guys have all had the experience of being with friends and going into an abandoned building yeah. or going behind the janitor's tape where you're not, where you're not supposed to be in the back rooms or that Halloween party recently we had. Yeah. I guess we Similar did something that, like yeah. that not too long ago. And there's just this fun kind of sneaky yeah. uh, feeling. Even if you know, like you've, there's always the one friend who's like, guys, we're going to get in trouble. 
And like, yeah, they'll kick us out and then we'll be back where we started and it'll be fine. That was always Anna. Yeah. (laughs) My philosophy was always, well, they'll kick us out. Great. We'll be happy. We'll be very polite and we'll leave and it'll be fine. Which I'm not recommending kids. That's descriptive, not prescriptive. Uh, Lake Town. Anything you guys want to say about that? Rushing through here. Getting to the end. Our brains are fried. No. All right. Anything you want to say about it? I don't even know that there's that much more I want to say about the book. It's a great book. I like, there's one thing that I think we need to talk about, but, but first, and that thing is smog or smog, smog. But is there anything you guys want to say about the Battle of Five Armies, about the way the book ends? We already kind of talked about the nobility of Bilbo. And even Thorin, we talked about his final speech. We thought about his final speech is great. Sad or merry, I must leave it now. Peter Jackson was a tool for taking that line out. We talked about the fact that Bilbo's courage, his hero's journey culminates in him making a wise moral decision as opposed to killing somebody with a sword or accomplishing some awesome magical feat. And that's pretty cool and moral and we like it. Is there anything else you guys want to say about any of that? Nope. All right. Let's talk about the dragon himself. Smaug. What do you guys think about him? How does he rate as far as dragons Go. Oh, he's number one. Number one with a bullet, with an arrow. Greatest dra- greatest literary dragon of all time. Yeah, he's up there for sure. I don't even know who else would be in the running. Fafnir. Fafnir. Eustace. Eustace. Wasn't Fafnir, isn't he the dragon from? From? Maleficent. Maleficent is a pretty great literary dragon. No, I don't think I'm wrong about Fafnir. No, he's a dragon. In Norse mythology, Fafnir, or Fe- Freynir, is the son of the dwarf king Hreithmar and brother of Regan Oder. After being affected by the curse of Advery's ring and gold, Fafnir became a dragon and was slain by Sigurd. There you go. What about Buttercup or whatever that dragon is from How to Train Your Dragon? Oh, that guy, uh, yeah, he's pretty cool. Tulip? What's that dragon's name? Toothless. Toothless. I knew it was something like that. But that's, that's trying to take the dragon that's typical, typically a sign of evil and making it into a symbol of good. That is what it's doing. Yeah. Uh, you guys dragons fans? You like dragons? You think dragons are cool? You like reading about dragons? Would you yeah. be happy for any story? Would you be happy to read it? Like me and Jake were talking about genre. Would you be happy to read a bad dragon story just because you think dragons are so fun? Nope. No, I would not. There was a Christian Bell dragon movie. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever saw that. Reign of Fire? Yeah. Is that any good? No. I think dragons are awesome. I really like dragons. You do? That's my point. What about the Harry Potter dragons? I forgot about those guys. Oh, yeah. There's the one that they have to rob from the bank or something like that. Yeah. I but also re- the ones in the on the Norwegian Horntail. Norbert. Oh, Norbert. Yeah. There's Norbert, and there's those dragons that had to fight in the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. And then am I right, or, am I right that in sometime in, in the last one, they have to get past a dragon yeah. in a Horcrux or something in a bank or something like that? Yeah, they kill a couple goblins while they're at it. They do. That's true. Because even in J.K. Rowling's world, goblins are just dispensable little creatures that nobody cares about. Well, that's not very nice. Well, I don't know that I have anything much... Jabberwocky count as a dragon? Sure. You want to put... Who would win in a fight? Jabberwocky or Smaug? Smaug. The Jabberwock has eyes of flames, and he comes whiffling through the Toldy Woods, and he burbles as he games. I guess the uh, Game of Thrones dragons are literary. That's true, and people really like those. And if that show didn't have a bunch of nudity and stuff, I would like those dragons, because those are cool dragons, as far as I can tell. But I still think Smaug... I'm sorry, those movies have infected me. Smog. Smaug. Smaug. 
I still think he is the coolest dragon ever to be written about. I think I and agree those, with that. Those original illustrations are really cool. He's so serpent-like in those yeah. illustrations. He's like all kind of coiled around mm-hmm. and very long and kind of leathery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a mighty scaled beast like the Benedict Cumberbatch version was, but more of an animal looking thing. How about Mushu in Mulan? Oh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. He is a funny dragon. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <coughs> no, I don't think he. Top pick to play a Chinese dragon. Yep. Eddie Murphy. Is he going to play the remake? Nope. <laughs> there will be no Mushu in the new remake. Really? They'll probably walk by a Mushu statue or somehow they'll pay homage to it, but. Really? They're not doing the dragon? No, they're not doing songs. They're not doing fantasy, I think. It's like an epic. Yeah, they're making it into like a thing for teens with oh. like action and stuff. How disappointing. Yeah. The chapter where Bilbo goes in and has his little game of riddles with Smaug is my favorite chapter in this book and probably my favorite chapter in all of Tolkien. How's that for a hot take? What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Serves me right for trying to say something sincere on this podcast. <laughs> I, I was listening, Nathan. I'll repeat it. To yeah, Brandon why don't you tell you. Brandon what I said, Jake? And thank you for being a true friend. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. <clears throat> Brandon. Yeah. The chapter, you know, where Bobo goes into the cave uh-huh. and engages with Smog and they riddle. Yeah. Nathan didn't really read it. That's Nathan's favorite chapter, not just in The Hobbit. But in all of Tolkien. Oh, I see. That's his hot take. He threw it out there for us to deal with. Yeah. Oh. To respond to. But I really don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to respond to that? No, that's a that's a great opinion. I I'm yeah. fine with you having that opinion. I, you don't have to disagree with it or agree with it. I'm not gonna disagree or agree Just with it. Just acknowledge that it's the opinion that I have. I agree that it's the opinion you have. Here, look this is the thing. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad opinion. It's not my favorite chapter. What's your favorite chapter? Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep's pretty great. Helm's Deep is pretty great. Helm's Deep is great. I always, when I f- first read the books, I think my favorite chapter was the Minds of Moria. Minds of Moria is pretty great too. Yeah. I mean, as a boy, it would have been Minds of Moria, Helm's Deep, maybe chapter three of the sixth book where the ring drops in. Those were the chapters. Nerd, you know what chapters? Yeah. I'm a, I, well, I know my Tolkien. Well, pretty well. It's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back to me. But I, I, my favorite thing in shut up, Brandon. Uh, um, my favorite thing in when you read token like this. That that just stop that song. I'm sorry, folks. I wanted to provide some literary insight, like what you subscribed for. Good, good. So Brandon just wants to sing. He just wants to sing. I just want to sing. <laughs> you just want to sing. <laughs> and you just want to stop me. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll have none of that. Um, Huge tracks of land. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a great story about that song, but I'm not going to tell it. Will you tell it behind the paywall next time? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, it, I don't know. It's kind of... Yeah. Can Multiple. we please talk about smog? <laughs> Multiple Nathan? sense of the word bad. All right. Uh, Nathan, want to. let's talk about smog. Let's just do donor shout outs. Hey, come on. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Nathan. Nathan, I want to hear your thoughts about smog. Are you sure, Brandon? I do. Why is this your favorite chapter in all of Tolkien? You wouldn't care. Oh, Nathan, I could pretend like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I ask. Nathan, 
Brennan, why is this the greatest chapter? I've pretended through hundreds of contexts now. I know. I've not. (laughs) Jake never does. (laughs) I know. And because Jake doesn't, it puts extra pressure on me to be like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah, it's really great insight, Brandon. You guys have no idea how surreal it is (laughs) to sit here and try to say a bunch of stuff into a microphone. Yes, we do know what it's like actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You guys actually do. Yeah. You do this more than I do. Yeah. Uh, All right. Here's my hot take on smog. Maybe the listener cares. I really do. I want to know, Nathan. Tell me. I like a good hero, villain, verbal, smackdown. It's my favorite thing in movies. It's my favorite thing in literature. I love the scene in the James Bond movie where James Bond's not blowing up the bad guy, not sleeping with the woman, not doing any gadgets, but he just is brought into- facing each other down. Yeah, he's brought into Goldfinger's lair, and Goldfinger wants to gloat and show off his super weapon. And they're going to pretend to, maybe James Bond is still even in disguise, so they pretend to be amiable, but they're making sarcastic swipes at each other, and they both know that one day one of them is going to kill the other, but they're both being like suave and cool and trading light banter. That is my favorite thing in escapist literature. I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's why Silence of the Lambs is a fun story. Not that anybody should watch or read Silence of the Lambs, but, you know, it's like the whole, it, that, that, that's the charm of Hannibal Lecter. He's behind bars and he just wants to have a nice conversation with you. But also, if he could get on the other side of those bars, he would eat your liver with some fava beans. And a nice candy. And a nice candy. I just really enjoy that kind of thing. And smog is the tip top of that kind of thing. I think when you're writing, here's a little t- pro tip. Kids, you're writing a villain, load him up with as many positive attributes as possible, just for spice, just to make him interesting. Like Voldemort, not that interesting of a villain. He's just kind of a bad thug. Tom Riddle was always bad. There's nothing all that interesting about him as a character. Smug, on the other hand, polite, a good conversationalist, proud, good riddler, Nice, sarcastic sense of humor when he says lovely titles. Smog knows how to have a conversation. And that makes him a very effective villain. Combine a bunch of good attributes with one really bad attribute, like being a fire-breathing dragon from hell. And you've got a really effective villain. And I think that that's what Tolkien did. And so I like Smog. I like Bilbo's conversation with him. And I just think it's a great chapter. You convinced me. It is, in fact, a great chapter. It is. Yep. Smog for President 2020. Yeah. I think we've already got him in office. Ooh, Zing. A little political zinger. humor there. <sighs> Man, I, like, I just like that chapter. I think it's great. I also, It also just feels, here's my other little hot take. I can talk about this chapter forever. And the good thing is you guys are both really interested. Let's time this. Let's see how... Let's see if you can actually go on forever. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I may have exaggerated a little bit. I can talk about it for like 30 more seconds. The other thing is all of these villains, it's the charm of this book. It's so darn British. Like, and it's kind of academic feeling. Like to me, the particular arch kind of coy, kind of sarcastic, kind of angry personality that Smog has, has the feeling of like a British schoolmaster who's like, 
eye is roving over the class as he tries to figure out who's not done the assignment and he's asking these leading questions and kind of acting polite like give us your answer mr chastine but you know that he hates the kids he's and like snape he's like snape yeah snape and snape is actually the best jk rowling parallel especially snake or snake snape as played by alan rickman and as written by jk rowling a little bit later when she made him less of a buffoon greatest chapter Unless you can convince me that it's not, you owe me $20. I don't take that bet. I just don't take that bet. It was not a bet. You owe me $20. <laughs> make me, Nathan. I can make you. You owe me $20. Uh, Greatest chapter in all of literature. Greatest thing we've read on the bookening. This chapter. This chapter. On smog. On smog. <laughs> I think you win just by the fact that my brain is fatigued. Jake, your thoughts? Tolstoy. Yes, he was inferior to this chapter. You're right. That's all I got. Jane Austen. Mm, Smog would have eaten that babe for lunch. Shakespeare. More like... Baked spear. Baked spear. Agatha Christie. More like Agatha Crispy. (laughs) That was an easy one there. No, only a true... (laughs) Master of wit could have. <laughs> Will a catheter more like killed and doesn't even need her catheter? <laughs> Charles Dickens. Uh, more like Charles Chicken because he ran away from Smaug. Charles Fried Chicken. Yes, yeah, Charles Fried Chicken. Steinbeck. Steinbeck. More like stepped on a mine. Beck. That's what it feels you're like. You're talking to the singer Beck. Yeah. yeah. He stepped on a mine, Beck. Yeah. Now he's dead. Now he's dead. <laughs> Just like Steinbeck would be if he ran into Smaug. I'll take two more. He didn't actually do one for Tolstoy. Oh, Tolstoy. Tolstoy. More like Tolstoy. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> Got him. Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. More like Bernard. Bernard Heming- him away. Him away. Bernard- Thank you, Brandon. Burned him away. Burning it, burned him away. <laughs> there you go. Brandon Chastine, it. more like Brandon Fastly Eaten Spleen. Mm. Jake Mensel. More like Jake Stencil. I got one you can't do. Yeah, let's hear it. Madeline Lingle. Lad- Madeline Lingle, more like I'll make you my Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> E.B. White. <laughs> He be bite. <laughs> he be bites. He be bright. <laughs> he like be... in flames. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Guys, I really want to make the case that this is the greatest chapter ever written. <laughs> no, Brandon. Come on, idiot. What do you yeah. <laughs> Not as good as what's Brandon's favorite chapter? Something stupid, probably. It's not as good as the chapter where Clarence steals a trumpet and Swan. 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 <laughs> swan, swan. Famous book, Swan, Swan, Swan. Swan's Way. Hey, you remember in Swan's Way? Yeah. Trumpet of Swan's Way? beginning today was brought to you. <laughs> you know what? It's tempting. We should do donor shout-outs, though. You know who you are, donors. Yeah, I'm, I'm shouting you out. Here, you guys just say something to give them some value, whatever you want. <laughs> And I think they have value yeah. of themselves. Well, in case they're feeling low, why don't we pay them all a compliment? 
You guys just both shout out compliments as I say the names. Here we go. It's in my work-related folder under Bookening Patrons. There we go. In the Bookening section. Robert and Rhonda the Lovebirds. Pretty. Uh, Lara for Anthony Dodger. Not Handsome. Fat. Little Anthony Cigar Store. Pretty. Smart. The Immortal Chelsea. Genius. Jimmy Beaver and Little Annie Oakley. Wonderful. Lily Valley. Excellent. Nice. Andrew and Esther. Fantastic. The Geeth Master. You're one smart cookie. Hey, I'm Nathan's brain. I'm saying, hey, you're a smart cookie. <laughs> David's Mighty Men Trucking. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> David's Mighty Men. David's Mighty Men Trucking. You look great today. What John, he said. John and Jill, little baby Max. I bet you what make babies smile. Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese. You have impeccable manners. Oh, and also C.S. Lewis, including till we have faces. Yeah. <laughs> Fairy princess of wonder and happiness, Biff. Mother Beth. I like your style. Lots <laughs> yeah. prime, Adam. You, you have the style. best laugh. You Man, do. he does. For one second, my brain thought you were going to say legs, though. <laughs> Jeremy, the dark-hooded lord of death. You hear that nothing legs. when people ask me what I'm thinking about. Nathan, not me. <laughs> uh, you are the most perfect you there is. You are. You are. You know who else was the most perfect him he could be was Hitler. Maya! Maya! Appreciate you. My appreciate, appreciate you. you. Oh, that was great, Jake. That Thanks. should be her name. Ryan the Red Avenger. Our system of inside jokes is so advanced that only you and I get it, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what? How's that a compliment? <laughs> Go, Nathan. Next one. Oh, Danny the Dude. You're strong. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> I don't know him. Uh, DJ Sammy G. Your perspective is refreshing. Huh. Nice Danny to be. You're an awesome friend. Eric and Catherine from Yon You light breaks. up the room. Especially when they're on fire. <laughs> Professor and Lady X. You deserve a hug right now. Lavender's oh, green, yeah. Dylan, Dylan. Lavender's blue. You should be Lavender's proud of yourself. Lavender's green, Dylan, Dylan. I love you Who, too. Me? No constrictor. You're more helpful than you realize. Ooh, man, that's scary. Merti. You have a great sense of humor. Liver. Liver and fragment maiden, Chloe. You've got all the right moves. Six flags with a mean attack and Catherine with a knack for laying down the smack. Is that your picture next to charming in the dictionary? (laughs) 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 I'm going through this list in order and I don't care. (laughs) I think that's fair. Anthony, who's cold and hates life, liberty, and the pursuit of cheese. Your kindness is a balm to all who encounter it. Wow. (laughs) Regular Mother Teresa there. Jiu-Jitsu Jeffrey, the Texas Ranger. You're all that in a supersized bag of chips. Ooh, and a heart attack to boot. Rachel. 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 On a scale from one to ten, you're... An 11. It's impossible. Yeah. It's off the scale. Leopard Tank Thomas. You're brave. Maybe. Midnight Ninja into Ellen. You're even more beautiful on the inside than you are on the outside. Yeah, guts aren't that pretty. Queen Kangeta. (laughs) You have the courage of your convictions. That's a compliment. What if their convictions are pretty cowardly? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Return of the Jedediah. Aside from food, you're my favorite. And inside food, it's too dark to see. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's keep going. (laughs) That was my favorite thing that anyone said in a long time. Uh, you should pull out your it's, patented. It's a very Groucho Marx line. Yeah, no, that is a Groucho Marx line, but you should pull out your patented Groucho Marx impression more often, Brandon. I love it. Uh, 
<laughs> oh man. First Jake read the most retarded crap of the whole crap. And then Brandon gave it everything that it deserved. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. Did we say Return of the Jedi? Yeah, that was the one we just did. <laughs> Jay of Rack and Ruin. If cartoon bluebirds were real, a bunch of them would be sitting on your shoulders singing right now. <laughs> get, a little, get a little grouch over that? <laughs> just, just, just use the same line. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Timothy the writer at dawn. You are making a difference. <laughs> Eric, These, listen, this is a list of compliments that is guaranteed to make people smile. Yeah, well, it's been making me smile. <laughs> I'm laughing. A hundred of them. Eric and Kate, the camp we champ kings. Twice. You know what would be interesting was is to count how many to patron name uh, donor shout outs we have. I have no idea. <laughs> Well, well, let's not do that right now. But no, I mean, well, we skip the first couple. I didn't have this list out anyway. True. Uh, we probably went through five before we got the list out. Eric. I'm on number thirty. Okay. Are you well. serious, Eric and Kate, the Camp Champ Kings, who are warm and love bees? You're like sunshine, eine on a rainy day. Oh, I had no idea what was going on there. For <laughs> You're like sunshine, eine. I thought he was trying to do like a Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> you like sunshine. I've got sunshine. <laughs> you know what? This one's for you guys. You bring out the best in other people. Hey. Hey. It's for horses. Maddie, 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 Maddie. Your ability to recall random factoids at just the right moment <laughs> is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm basking that, Maddie. <laughs> Sweet Jamie Sunshine. You're a great listener. Hmm. Oh, All of our podcasts are. And All most, our podcast listeners. They are. Yeah, they are. Literally. Uh, we will split these last two up so we can get two more compliments in because they're so great. Tyler, the Keeper of Darkness. The Keeper of Eternal Darkness, I should say. Uh, you got to say it, Jake. <sighs> he got this. <laughs> oh, I hope it lives up to my expectations now. <laughs> yeah, there's no way it lives up to our expectations. You're sweet. How is it that you always look great, even in sweatpants? <laughs> wow. Uh, and Laura, the keeper of eternal light. Everything would be better if more people were like you. Oh, this this next one. Is there somebody else we can shout out? Uh, sure. Um, uh, Fletcher, the well-betraggled wizard of yore, no, no longer able to support us, but a great guy. I bet you sweat glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. You wizard. <laughs> yeah. No wonder you're woe bedraggled. <laughs> sweating glitter over there, man. Yeah. That must be painful. Well, Doctor, this man is sweating glitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 36 into this list of 100, and I bet they only get better from here. So maybe this is something to come back to. Well, Jake, do you want to give a compliment to me? Uh, I already did. I said, you bring out the best. And oh, other people. Yeah. Did you give one to Brandon? That was for both of you. Oh, right. Yeah. We're not going to waste these compliments. This is good. I think you deserve a compliment, though, Jake. Mm-hmm. Why don't you compliment yourself? Whatever compliment number 50 is, that's what I'm giving to you. Number 50? Yeah. Right now. Every day is just blah when I don't see you for reals. That's how I feel about you every day, Jake. Yeah. Awesome. You are halfway through the list. You're awesome. 
Thanks. <laughs> I wondered if that was part of the compliment because <laughs> it's it's just in there in fifty. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks for sticking with us through this episode. We had fun recording it. I hope you have fun listening to it. We were very tired when we recorded this. I'm not going <laughs> to tell a lie. <laughs> I don't think they could tell. <laughs> no, no, no. It was more of the classic booking. Hey, we got some laughs out of it. <laughs> yeah, we had fun. Hopefully they'll have I say fun. Say laughter is healing medicine. <laughs> healing medicine. Sorry, I'm just imagining having to say some of these out loud. We'll come back to it. Don't let me forget. Next donor shout out. (laughs) All right. We've gone a little out of order, folks. So Jane Austen part two, we will continue with the compliments. Sounds good. I'll work on some Groucho Marx routines too. (laughs) Inside of a dog. It's too dark to read. (laughs) Uh, That was my favorite thing. Inside of a dog, was it? The original joke is outside of a... Outside of something, a dog's a man's best friend. Yeah, outside, outside of, of a book. A outside of a dog, a book, a dog is a man's. Inside, inside a book. Inside, outside inside of a dog, a, outside of a, outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. Yeah. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. <sighs> Good old Groucho Marx. <laughs> Shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. (laughs) 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 All right, folks. Support us. Go to patreon.com forward slash the booking. Keeping this open. And we'll offer the greatest compliment of all, which is thanks. Wait, were you wanting me to actually read a comment? No, that's, <laughs> I was. I was, I was, I was, I was. <laughs>